welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good to see you. Good to be with you. I, uh, I don't feel like I've spent enough time here this year uh, with um, travelling around to other churches and then a few other things that have been going on in our lives. So it was nice to get back here last week and be amongst the worship and great to be here this morning. What an incredible time of encountering my best friend. I mean, Ruth's my best friend, but Jesus is a next level best friend, isn't he? Hey. Um, yeah, Jaisha, um, I looked over at you this morning, saw, uh, saw the back of your gorgeous head there, and, um, and I just got this picture uh, of a great, big, friendly lion. I was like, okay, that's an interesting, where are we going with that, Lord? Um, and so I just, uh, this is what I believe that God wants to say to you this morning, is that there is an incredible attractiveness of the Holy Spirit that radiates out from you. I don't know if anyone's ever said that, but I think it's important that you know people are attracted to you. You, you, you know, you're the sort of person that if you're sitting in an airport uh, and there's one seat left and nobody likes to go and sit beside someone and so there's all these one seats left in the airport and someone walks in and they're like oh heck it's that it's that chaos moment eh I have to sit next to a stranger they are going to sit next to you because because that attractiveness of the Holy Spirit just radiates out and the, and the friendliness of your face but also along with that comes a Strength. There is an incredible strength within you. you. You exude a strength. And so not only are you someone that people are attracted to, but you're someone that people feel safe around. And that's going to be a real hallmark of your ministry. And I want to deliberately move into that area of vocational ministry um, because I, I, I just, I don't know if God's been bringing it to my, in fact, I think someone even mentioned your name to me the other day. And uh, there is a more for you. There is, a, there is an enlargement of you ministering in a vocational way. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be necessarily a pastor or on staff or something like that, but, but there is certainly something about you that God wants to open up and release because the body of Christ needs you to stand up, to be friendly, to be strong, to exude that strength. And it's actually going to release and liberate a whole bunch of captives. You know, I think of Aslan the Lion. We love uh, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. And there was just, I, th- I think, was it, is he, um, oh, no, I can't remember the quote. But, but, but what I want to pull out with there, that, that there was an incredible strength, but there was an incredible tenderness um, in there. And so don't be afraid of it. Allow it to come out. And don't limit yourself. But embrace the fullness of what Christ wants to do in and through you. And, man, you're going to have a hang of a ride. It is going to be an exciting ride, so bless you with that. Um, 
this week I said it in the governance team, I just feel a really strong prophetic flow uh, for the church. And so I've been musing on, okay, what does that look like? You know, will there be a time of just um, of prophecy uh, this morning? And so, you know, there's, there's number one. But as we were worshipping, I felt God say he wants to activate people in the prophetic again. Um, we, we need the prophetic. Now, I tend to hold back in terms of operating in the prophetic because uh, I've seen prophetic people almost act like fortune tellers, where they almost draw and attract people to them, because, and it's through their own insecurity that they'll, um, that they'll actually just prophesy left, right, and center. And I'm like going, actually... I think what is so much more important is that we hear Christ for ourselves and we don't become dependent upon prophetic people fortune-telling our next moves. Um, and so that is why I'm always cautious with it I, I, because I can look around the room and I could, I, I could prophesy pretty much over anyone here. If I just engage with the Holy Spirit, there's, just, there's, there's a constant flow that's around um, people, but I'm very cautious with it. But something that I think God has been speaking to me about this week is actually he wants to reinvigorate and reactivate people who used to, wo- used to move in the prophetic and inspire them again to step out again. Because the reality is that the prophetic is a gift. And we need it in the body of Christ. And with every gift, there is a excess, isn't there? We can, we can find ourselves in, in excess of it. Um, and what do I mean by excess is getting a little bit weird. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but I need it. I need the prophetic. Um, I love it when I've been listening to God and I've been getting a direction and then someone comes and they speak a word and it just amplifies what God has already been speaking to me. I also love it when I'm really stuck and I've been kind of working out how I go about something and then uh, someone just comes in and they give a word. I'm like, oh, that was the key. That was the nugget that, that I needed. And so we need the prophetic operating in our midst. Um, and so if you are a prophetic person, but you know that you have shut that gift down, we want to re- we want to reactivate it this morning. So why don't you just, if you, you, you'll know already, because the Holy Spirit will be working and going, that's you. <laughs> why don't you just stand? And, uh, and we're just going to, we're just going to, yeah, good. Let's, um, I don't know if it's the monitors that are just coming back at me. But I feel, um, I feel like I, I don't, I'm not loud out there, am I? I am? Yeah, okay. No, I just think the monitor, if you can just turn the monitors down, maybe um, that might help me out. Awesome. Cool. Yay. Well, first of all, we need you guys and girls. We, we need you active. Um, and so why don't you just lift your hands? Uh, maybe Larissa, just lift one hand. Um, <laughs> All right, if you're around one of these people, this is a team sport, so why don't you just extend a hand to them. Uh, Now, Holy Spirit, Father, breathe afresh on them. Breathe afresh on them. Breathe afresh. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just allow the Holy Spirit just to bubble up again, bubble up again. When you just receive from him right now, fresh activation. 
not fancy words from me, but just going, God, I want it back. I want it back. I want to run with it again. I want to run with it again. Fresh fire. Fresh zeal. Fresh passion. A sharpening, Lord, a sharpening. Liz, I see for you right now a sharpening. Owen, God is just wanting to hone. He's wanting to hone that you'll just hit that mark. Eddie, see for you just a breaking out in a radical way, a radical use of prophetic, a radical use of prophetic. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Awesome, 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 awesome. Ashley, I just see fresh encounters for you. Fresh encounters. Whoa. Ah, That's good. Awesome. Why don't we just honor the gift on these guys' lives and the fact they stood up. And yeah, let's just put our hands together. Thank you. Um, just uh, just before you really settle back down, why don't you go? I give you I, you got sixty seconds. Why don't you go and prof, give a prophetic word to someone? <laughs> sixty seconds. Just go give a prophetic word. Just ask God. Just, let's just reactivate this thing. That's it. I like what Eddie's doing. He's just working out who, who who's the Holy Spirit leading him to. It's awesome. Why don't you just grab a phone out in case they come to you and press record? If you're just sitting there and you feel like you've got a word for the person beside you, why don't you just give it to them? You know, greatly and eagerly desire the gifts. Someone gives you a weird word, come and talk to us before you leave, and we'll just, we want this to be a safe place. If you're, if you're feeling left out and you're like, I'd really like a prophetic word this morning, just keep asking God. There's a prophetic flow. Remember one, one um, young lady used to come into our, our church on a Sunday morning and I just so appreciate it because she always came with a couple of encouraging words for someone. And they were good. They were sharp. Um, so many people were blessed because of it. Right, is that 60, 60 seconds? Cool. Anyone encouraged just then from a prophetic word? Yeah, a few hands. It's good. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that's that bit. Tobes, would you mind just bring my water up? I don't know why. I'm just feeling quite dry this morning. Thanks, buddy. What a guy. I've, uh, I've changed my mind. We will get the uh, we will get the team up at the end, um, and I want us to do. I will make room for you. Are you guys all right with just doing a few different things this morning? Yeah. Just uh, you know, just mixing it up a little bit. 
Um, I, I just have a real sense that God wants to do more than we've actually come expecting and anticipating. Um, and so I just want to try and be obedient to what he's saying um, and, and the way that he's leading. Um, and uh, I think we will go out of this place today uh, just having a fantastic time. Having encountered God in a, in a cool way. Let me give you a, a bit of a message and then we're going to pray for a whole, whole bunch more people, I think. Um, I, how many people love the beginning of the Bible? Genesis chapter 1, the whole account of creation. Uh, I, I just love it. I just love the magnitude of God that just in a day he does those things. Bang, 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 bang. Here's a globe. Here's two fantastic people in a garden with meaningful work to do. Freaks me out that I would spend eternity going round and round and round a throne going, Jesus, you're great, you're great. I just think God, you know, he has created us in his image. And eternity is going to be an incredible time of discovering him in a whole new way and, and, and doing something that's meaningful. Um, and um, I mean, I don't think too much about eternity, but uh, I love looking at God's intent for relationship between each other and relationship between him and the environment that he placed us in. Uh, I mean, tell you what, if it's a new heaven and a new earth that is rolled out and it is just like this earth, but without the effects of sin, sign me up. You know, just like, perfect beach days, but then we've got altitude so we can go snowboarding, and you know, there's just, we don't have weeds, and and there are no such thing as flies, and you know, like, like, there are carrots, but the devil's attempt at a carrot, which is called a parsnip, do not exist. (laughs) Right, you know what I reckon? I reckon flies are the devil's attempt at a bird. <laughs> is, that the, is that the best you could come up with? That pesky thing. <laughs> so I'm like, I love coming back to the book of Genesis and looking at God's original intent. And I, you know one of the things that jumps out to me in the book of Genesis too is that there was an autonomy that he gave us. Where, where he said, tend the garden, subdue the earth, go about it. I, I'm not going to micromanage you in it. There's a freedom for you. And I'll come and have a stroll in the garden in the evening and we'll talk about how it's going. You know, it's, it's, so there's this, this beautiful autonomy uh, in the garden as well. So that's kind of like, you know, my hope of heaven is that we get back to the original intent um, whatever that may look like, I can trust God because I know him and I know it's going to be good. But the reality is that we live in a world where sin has entered and people are hurting. Oh my goodness, uh, it, it, I have watched in the last three years more and more people hurt in Whangarei. And we see the excesses of it in the city without fail every single day. I've watched it increase. Um, and, um, you know, people are so desperate, they have to break into to, to, to sandwich places to, you know, steal a couple of drinks. 
you know, I, 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 you know I, something that breaks my heart is, is watching people that they're walking along the road and they, they, they're picking up cigarette butts in the hope that there'll be another couple of puffs of something that'll just make them feel a little bit better. Um, and having just been um, over into the northern hemisphere as well and seeing the effects of a sinful and a broken world uh, over there, you know, the reality is that we live in a world that is desperate for a saviour and desperate for answers that are going to mean something. And so while we long for eternity, we have to navigate this broken and bust world which at times has those pinnacle mountain moments where it's like, wow, I can't believe I get to be a part of that. Uh, Honestly, I think back to uh, one Sunday at the end of last year and I got off the stage afterwards and I said, I just walked out. I was just like, Jesus, I can't believe that you invited me into that, to be a part of it. It was just one of those pinnacle moments. Um, for me. But there are also a large chunk of life that is freaking. I want to be careful what I've said there. Freaking. Okay, just. It is hard. A- anybody experience that? It, it is sometimes it's a te- tough grind. So when Jesus comes and he teaches his disciple a prayer which includes your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I get a cause. And I love that and it's one of the most causing scriptures that I read. It would be a hallmark scripture for me and how I've tried to live my life is wherever possible, I want to see the intent of God outworked here on earth and I want to see as much of heaven invade earth as I possibly can because when heaven invades earth people no longer have to pick up those smoke butts from the ground they no longer have to break in and steal a couple of drinks because they have experienced the love and the provision and the fullness of a God who is totally for them. So I'm, that causes me, I want to see as much of heaven here on earth as I possibly can. My life message is, you can do it and you can make a difference. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what message I preach, that will come out somewhere. Every, every one of us carries a, a, a life message, I believe. You know, you try and pick it in, in Mitch when he preaches and, and when Simon preaches and, and if you, and if, um, in every message that is preached. And so that is my uh, message and I was impacted again last week when Glenn was here. How many people enjoyed Glenn? Great friends of ours uh, took over the church from us and doing a great job and it was so exciting to have them up here and for you guys to meet them. Um, But I was again impacted in what it means when we believe in somebody and we encourage somebody and what it makes possible. Jordan Peterson um, says this, the thing about life is that you are all in, so you might as well play the most magnificent game you can. 
Why not pick the best thing you can do? You're more powerful than you think you are. God only knows who you are in the final analysis. How much good could you do if you oriented yourself to the highest possible good you can conceive? And I love the line in there, God only knows who you are in the final analysis. And when I read that the first time, I I dwelt on it for probably a good few weeks because I'm going like, okay, who am I in the final analysis? Because I don't want to wait till eternity to find out this is who I actually was and this is actually how I could have brought heaven to earth. I want to know now. I want to know the fullness of who I am and how I can bring heaven to earth. Who do you say I am, Father? That's one of the things I love about the prophetic because it speaks to the potential within somebody and it brings it alive. And it's, it's like, oh, you get a reminder of, oh, yes, that's, that's what heaven is saying over my life. So as I look out at a room of incredible people this morning, and you are, you're not a bunch of dirty, rotted sinners saved by grace. You are a masterpiece of the master craftsman doesn't matter if someone's walking with Christ or not. They still reflect the craftsman. And so as I look out at you all this morning, the question in my mind and the question this week has how can I encourage and how can I equip you to embrace another part of your potential? How can you go out of this place today ready to take on another part of who you are in the final analysis. And God has been impressing this on me recently, and I want to share you with it, uh, share this with you, is that Jesus came to earth, he chose 12 disciples. He fully inputted into them for three years. This was, this was a full-on course for three years that he just focused in on these guys. Now, we know there was the 72, and we know there was the great crowd, and there, there were tens of thousands who were actually following him. And he starts, the, the first big miracle we know of is taking this clear substance and turning it to wine. Fairly impressive right there. He gives the most amazing messages, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the Chosen's, I enjoyed the beginning of the Chosen. It started to tick me off a little bit now because I'm like, you're making my Jesus too small. I don't think Jesus had to practice the Sermon on the Mount. It was just flowing from him. And they sure as heck didn't have to send out pamphlets for the feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> this is not a mega church that he was running here. <laughs> I mean, people, people were tripping over themselves to get to him. <laughs> he gets food from nowhere. I'd love that if that worked at Bocky Boo. It would make a fortune. He, 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 blind eyes just burst open. Demon-possessed people that had to be chained up are liberated. You know, there's storms that made fishermen freak out. And he just stays asleep in them, jumps up, calms it down. There are, there's disciples that make stuff-ups 
i.e. when he's arrested and one draws a sword and chops someone's ear off, not a great move. Jesus just reaches down, picks it up, glues it back on. <laughs> this is one of those moments. This is one of my most, I don't know why, it's one of my most favourite miracles that he does. And then by the time, I think we lose sight of this, is that by the time he actually gets to the cross, his body is actually so incompatible with life at that moment. He has been beaten to a shred. This was not some nice little wee whack on the knuckles with a ruler. Not that that's overly nice. <laughs> but he was beaten. His, his body was, was pretty much incompatible with life at that po- point. Yet he, he, he's nailed to the cross and he ministers to the person beside him. He can still find strength to minister and ensure that that person is in paradise with him. And then when he dies, the earth turns dark. A a curtain as thick as carpet rips down the middle. And then there's three days of despair of what has happened. Then this body that is so broken, that is so incompatible with life, bursts from a tomb, moving aside the solid, solid piece of a rock and cooks breakfast for the boys on the shore. Total understatement in the Bible, which I'm just like, can I just, can I know a little bit more of that? All these dead people raised from with him and go about. You imagine that? This is huge. And then he ascends before the disciples. So you get three years of watching this. Three years of seeing front row seats. Man, I get excited about the, about the miracles that I've seen. But the miracles, or seriously, the miracles I've seen compared to that are still nothing. And do you know what he says to them before he goes? He says, do not go. These are some of his last words to the disciples. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd been front row seats of that, experienced that, now had an understanding of the whole resurrection, seen dead people coming, seen water turned into what, I would be ready to go tell the whole world. Wouldn't you? I was just like, that is the sort of information, you know, that you cannot keep back. It wells up. You, you are so excited about it. I don't know if, remember, if you remember when you were first encountered Jesus, but you kind of know, some of you probably wanted to tell the whole world just in that moment. They've had three years of this, and Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem until you have received the Holy Spirit. And it's one of those moments in the Bible where suspense is set. So we're like, whoa, 
What's, what's going to take place? But then resolution comes very quickly. And the danger of where suspense is set and resolution comes very quickly is that we can lose the significance and the importance of actually what took place there. And as I look at it and I go, if, if they have had firsthand interaction with God himself, they have done three years with God himself, with Jesus Christ, the Saviour, the Son, part of the Trinity. And he says, do not go out until you received my Holy Spirit. I kind of think we need to stand up, take notice and go, okay, that's pretty significant that we have the Holy Spirit in our life. Would you agree? It's pretty significant that we're going out and we're doing life. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit not just a knowledge of God, but his spirit actually living with, not just having seen some miracles, but his spirit living within us. And so I want to keep a part of my message today incredibly simple. And I want to say to you that if you have come into an encounter with Christ, but you have not yet been filled with his Holy Spirit, then you can't leave this place today without letting us pray for you. You, Jesus said, don't go out until you see my Holy Spirit. If that's you today, please don't go out of here until you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are going to make space to pray for you this morning to receive the Holy Spirit because it is so important. But there's something else that I feel uh, I need to go after and God's been speaking to me about it again recently, is that many of us have been filled with the Holy Spirit and we understand the importance of the Holy Spirit, but we can slip back into doing life aside from the Holy Spirit. It is so easy to do. And I'm like, if Jesus is saying, wait, then I wouldn't it stand a reason that a constant analysis in my life should be, am I walking in tune with the Holy Spirit? Am I being led by him? Am I ensuring that I am full to overflowing with his presence in my life? You know, in Galatians 5 verse 18, Paul was trying to help the Galatians understand the freedom that they now have. And and he says this right in the midst of it, and Please go and read Galatians 5 so you really can capture something. This is homework. But he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And what's happened with these Galatians, in fact, in chapter 3, he starts by saying, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You imagine Simon getting up and saying that to us all on a Sunday morning. You foolish for new people. That would be a good way for a lot of people to leave, I think. Paul's Paul's given a strong word here. He's like, guys, you are running a good race. You are understanding the liberty and the freedom, and now you've brought yourself back under law. You know, you're discussing circumcision for a start. I mean, guys, just leave that in the Old Testament. You know? But what's fascinating is that when he gets into chapter 5, he's also speaking to them about the excesses or or almost you could say the ditch on the other side where they're kind of like, well, we've got freedom. We're not under the law. We can do whatever. And he's like, guys, no, 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 no. 
No, no, you don't want to go and get involved in lust and debauchery and, and those things. Now, think about the law as you know where the law stands. But when you live with life in freedom of the Holy Spirit, then it is a constant journey. And he wants it that way because the law is cold and hard and fast and every policeman knows that the law will come down way too hard in some situations and way too soft in others. And so we require, in order to live a life that is truly liberated, an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that is where life becomes fun. Now, I want to smack some things around today because I I think we can so easily get trapped into setting up a pseudo-law so that we know we're right with God. And and I just got a real strong sense that some of you this morning, this is going to just like... Be like, wow, bang. You're like, okay, I, I, I want to break out of that and I want to move more into the liberty and the freedom of walking every day with the Holy Spirit. You know, if I spend this amount of time reading the Bible, I'm okay with God. I mean, you know the stats. I think the stats are like, if you ask someone, do they think they read, spend enough time reading the Bible? It's like 90, I think Simon quoted it um, Recently, it's just a horrendous figure of, of people that will say no. Can, it, can I share something with you? I'm really comfortable with the amount of time I spend reading the Bible. I'm super comfortable with it. I just, you know, I, I get out of the bed in the morning, and I'm thinking about that cup of coffee, and I don't know where you got that stat from, Ed, but that is absolute fallacy. <laughs> Because it's 6, 6.30 in the morning, that cup of coffee is, is Jesus in a cup. <laughs> now, there's a bit of heresy. <laughs> but I love sitting with this, this book each morning. And, you know, some, some days I'll just be going, okay, how did this work? And where does that cross-reference? And I'll be Googling something and I'll be working something else up. Some days I won't open this book. Where am I at with God those days? But I'll, I'll just find myself meditating and thinking on a scripture. You know, we can set up a law of we must read our Bible and we must pray for X amount. And hey, discipline and all those things, all for it. But I, what I want to say to you is that there is something way more exciting than when we're doing life with the Spirit. If I go to church on a Sunday morning, well, you know, how many people are here this morning and just going, I can put a big tick in that box? Don't, don't put your hand up. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I come to a church on a Sunday morning because this is the only time in the week I can praise with a whole group of people. And I, and I love that. And, um, I mean, I've said, I, I, you know, I don't know, preached hundreds of messages Myself, I've heard hundreds of messages. I listened to hundreds of podcasts. I've sat in more pastors' conferences than I choose to remember. And so I've heard a lot in the Word. But you know, so to a lot of Sundays, you know, there's a lot of it I've heard. But I'm like, what's the Spirit saying to me today? 
What, what's he breathing fresh on today? And what are those nuggets that I can take away? I'm not here to tick a box. I'm here because the Spirit is moving when there is a great gathering of people like I can't experience at any other time of the week. We set up these great laws like tithe 10%. This is just to get everyone in the trust board nervous. What's he going to say? Let, let me share a story. We, we, Ruth and I are committed regular givers. Absolutely love giving. And um, I think it was 18 months ago or so. Um, and the Holy Spirit just said, Chris, I want you and Ruth to more than double your giving. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> and you remember that time, we've had Benny's fail the year before. We've scraped through uh, that, that year where I could barely buy a pair of socks. We've just got the new Benny's open, and, and invariably with a new business, it doesn't make a profit for a wee while. And so we're going through that. And God says, I want you to more than double your giving. And he said, and not only do I want you to do that, I actually want you to covenant with somebody that you are going to give a certain amount um, from the business. And so um, knowing the Spirit's leading, I went, okay, we went and we did that. And for the first half of the, of the year, it was amazing how we, 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 we paid half of that amount, as well as carrying on our, our other giving commitments. And then, um, and then when Benny's was going to sell, which was kind of like December, but it didn't sell till March, and, and we're like, oh, yeah, we'll finish it off with that. And, um, and Benny's didn't sell, and Benny's didn't sell, and Benny's didn't sell. And I'm thinking, I've made, I, I, when I make a covenant, when I make a commitment to someone, I do everything I can to honor it. And, and, and time's going on, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to make it. And then I deliberately didn't look at what was the date that we made that commitment. I just thought, you know, if I don't look at it, then it's not law. <laughs> now, you've got to remember that I'd made a commitment, but it came out of a relationship. So don't, don't mistake that. Um, and then eventually, Benny sold and the money entered our bank account, and it was like, kind of like the first thing. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to honour that commitment. Um, and... Uh, I went, okay, now I'd better just look and see what the date was. And you know what? The date that the money came into us for Benny's account was one year exactly to the day that we had made the commitment. And do you know what? That is fun. That is fun. Giving should be fun. You know, when I make, make our, our giving here, I like to stay really connected to my giving. And so we, we'll let it build up. Every time we take drawings from the business, we pop it into, the, into our giving account. And then I just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when it hits a certain amount, I, we, we hit pay. And it, and, and, it, and it jumps across. And I just, I love staying connected to that. And I just feel like I'm, I'm firing a torpedo into the enemy's camp every time I do it, eh? Yeah, it's just like there's going to be people that are coming into a new that are going to encounter God because we're doing this. There's young people that are going to get filled with the Holy Spirit and find they've got a hope and a purpose because we're doing this. 
You know, see, see, we can set up these laws which kill the enjoyment of a God who wants a day-to-day living relationship with us. And it was so important to them that he said, do not leave until you have my spirit. Do not leave until I have my spirit. Because there is a whole bunch of fun that we're going to have along the journey as we reach a hurting and broken world. Guys, Christianity is supposed to be fun. And so I want to put a real challenge out to you today that if you think you've slipped in to living according to a pseudo-law, if I do this and I do this and I do this, I'm right with God. Can I say to you, Please do not leave this place today until you've got that right with God. And you've said, oh my goodness, Holy Spirit, I want to live my life with you. And I want to go on a journey. And I can promise you that it is not an easy journey, but it is a good journey. So if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, we want to pray for you today. If you've found yourself slipping into a pseudo-law, we wanna, well, we're not going to ask you to come out. We're just going to sing a song and, and, and we're going to let you deal, you deal with God or maybe not deal with God. But that, that's, that's, that doesn't sound nice. I'm going to let you find afresh that life with the Spirit. Uh, as we sing that song. So why don't we just have the worship team um, just come up this morning. I, I know that's, that's not a big chunky message, but you've got some great theologians in this church that do the big chunky messages. Uh, today, I, I'm just like the Holy Spirit wants to encounter you in a fresh way and bring something alive for you. Let's go out of this place so full and so encountered by the Holy Spirit. You look at what Peter did when, they, when he received the Holy Spirit. Have you, have you analyzed it? That these guys, they, they were then so full that they spilled out of that room. Man, this, 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 today, are we going to spill out of this room so full of the Holy Spirit? That the first person we, sign, we, we see, we start giving them the most Beautiful discourse about Jesus Christ and what he has done. And have you ever analyzed the message that Peter gave when he came out? You know, from a from a preacher's perspective, it is a beautiful, beautiful message that he presents so succinctly. And 3,000 people are impacted by it. People are speaking other tongues that mean something to other people. So they're actually speaking in other languages. And they are impacted. Guys, are we, are we, what does that look like when we go out of this place today? Who may be impacted in our family? And what does tomorrow look like? And what does the next day look like? The Holy Spirit is brooding. He is, he is ready to encounter you in a fresh way this morning. We're going we're gonna to sing this, I will make room for you. And I invite you to look for him afresh. 
to look for him afresh. Now I'm going to I'm going to take a breakout moment and I'm going to ask us to just start worshiping in tongues. I, I'm, I, and I deliberately want to do that because there is something incredibly edifying for us when we start to speak in that heavenly language that we have been given. And I also believe it will help those people who, have, who are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit today also start to adopt and speak in a heavenly language. Now, you may think, well, that's weird, you know. That, that's weird. And, and look, I get that. Well, what if someone's coming in here this morning and, you know, they're a, they're a, this is their first time and they see us speaking this funny language? And can, I, can I tell you, guys, that, that ship sailed when we started singing about the blood. <laughs> Have you ever thought about someone walking in and everyone's singing about the blood? Can I, when people are looking for Christ, they are looking for something different than what they're finding out in the world. When someone's coming in here, they are expecting to find something different about us. In fact, I think it's, uh, Paul even says that the speaking in tongues is for the non-believer. It's kind of like a wow moment for the non-believer. It's like, these guys got a whole new language. And so I want to do that deliberately, Dave, because I sense that as we do that, it's going to break something as well for us to experience afresh the Holy Spirit in our lives. Is that all right? You guys with me? Not freaking you out too much? That's good, okay. We, we are supposed to be a peculiar people. <laughs> We are supposed to be a peculiar people. So, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I keep speaking. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, come over to the side. Um, Gary, some of the other worship team, whoever's on that, sorry, not worship team, ministry team, come and get these people filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, so, and uh, otherwise, why don't you just encounter them afresh this morning, so... Let's go. Come, come now. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.